and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.catherineplano.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. I'm curious, do you want to know how to achieve lasting positive transformation, abundance and empower your life? If you are not happy with where you are today and the repeating patterns that represent in your life over and over again, then a radical shift is what's required to help you make changes and live your life more on purpose. All you need to do is sign up to our email list and you will receive an online module on how to create radical paradigm shifts. You can get it completely for free when you sign up to our email list at katherineplano.com. And as a valued subscriber, you are also going to get exclusive content that's only available to our email subscribers, where we will have members-only events, free access to online masterclasses, VIP and discount tickets to all events. Only available for people on our email list, we offer bonus content with more advanced tips that are exclusive just for our email subscribers. There is an amazing stuff available for you only if you sign up to the email list and you can do that by going to katherineplano.com and sign up on the homepage. This week, as always, we have another super amazing woman for you, Kylie Macbeth. Kylie is the co-founder and chief visionary of digital wellness community, Zero Health. A certified holistic health coach, co-host of the Zero Health podcast, speaker and writer. She is a multi-passionate creative being whose mission on this planet is to empower women and men with the tools, support, wisdom and resources they need to live happy, healthy and fulfilling lives. Kylie is an emotional expert. Emotions are her jam and she loves helping others step into their power own their story and shine. After many years of deep soul searching and hard work, Kylie co-created Zero Health as her heart and soul passion project, working with her co-founder and twin sister, Jess. They wanted to create a space to empower everyone who was suffering from health issues, depression and loneliness with the support, community, education and the tools they need to live healthier and happier lives. Ultimately, their mission is to raise the consciousness of the entire planet through a high health and emotional IQ. It's now time to tune into this one very inspirational human being. Enjoy. Well, today, as always, I am super excited. We have a guest all the way from Canada, Kylie Macbeth. Welcome to I Am Woman Project. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. 
Absolutely excited. Finally get you on the show. So that's really exciting. So what we normally do, Kylie, before we get into the juicy stuff, we love to really unpack our Woman of Inspiration's story. So tell us your story and how did you get to what you are doing today? Yeah, I love I love a personal story and my personal story. So I'll give you the long and the short of it. I was born in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm the oldest, but I do have an identical twin sister, but I'm old, older by 15 minutes. So I'm the oldest of four children. And I, growing up, kind of adopted that oldest child kind of archetype of being really responsible and being the perfectionist and being the one who tried to uh, maintain order in the household. So that strategy worked really well, getting me all the way through high school and then university. But it started to break down after I graduated from university and was like, wait a second, who am I and what am I doing with my life? And at that time, I was too afraid to actually step into the real world and to take up more space. So I landed in a relationship and kind of went down that path. And to be honest with you, it was like the script that I'd always been given. Like you graduate from university, you get married, you have the house, you have the dog, you get the kids and all that stuff. Right. Um, well I did that until I woke up in my marriage about a year into my marriage and was completely numb and disconnected from myself and my purpose, my happiness, my joy, everything that I knew about myself was kind of disappearing (laughs) in the midst of this relationship, as well as this script that I had been following for a very long time. So after coming to that realization inside of my marriage, I was like, oh my gosh, this can't be it. Like I can't live this life forever. And at the time I was 22 years old. So I was, I mean, yeah, 22 years old. I was pretty young and got married at, uh, on the cusp of 21, 22, and then decided to move forward with a divorce at 24. And luckily my partner, my ex-husband was very understanding and also was, I I like to call him, uh, you know, a soulmate in a lot of ways uh, and a big catalyst for me to choose myself as well as step into my own life's purpose and path. So after deciding to move forward with the divorce, I kind of hit the pause button on my life and started to ask myself some serious questions like, who am I and what am I here to do? And how do I never make it back to this place again where I'm so disconnected from who I am that I have to like potentially blow up my whole world? Um, And that was what I call my rock bottom moment. But what I now realize is in that rock bottom, it was really an invitation and an initiation into, into womanhood, but also into my path and my purpose. So With that being said, after that, I started to look into career paths that were aligned with my major. I was pre-med as well as um, had a business major, but what really only stuck out to me and who I was and how I showed up as a person was I was a person who always wanted to help 
people. Now, of course, that can create codependency and, and relationship dynamics, but I actually am a very sensitive being who does want to support other people and help them. Um, so I started to go back to school to become a health coach as well as a certified um, transformational life coach. I got certified in uh, to become a hypnotist and certified in NLP. I kind of was just like going down this path and rabbit hole of figuring out what does it mean to be human and how can I really understand what, what really creates this human experience, not only for myself, but then potentially to support other people, which is what I have been doing for the last couple of years now is supporting women specifically on their journey home to themselves so their purpose, their path, their emotions, their body, and what it is that they truly deeply desire in their lives so they can step into that and, and make it happen. That was pretty long. <laughs> no, I loved it. I, I was, I've was i got a few questions out of that. So I love the analogy of playing out your script. That's really uh, cool because I do believe that a lot of times we play out other people's stories. What are your thoughts around that? Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. I was, you know, the, the script that had been written from my family, but also society, right? It was the one that had been modeled for me my whole life. And I think that's a very important thing for all of us to explore is what was modeled, what was acceptable and, and really look at, is that in alignment with what I want? Is that the path I want to go down? And I know it can be very confronting to not potentially go down the only thing you've ever seen modeled especially in your role as a woman. Like for me, my mother was a stay at home mom, but also she, you know, managed some of my dad's business and stuff like that. So that was really the only way that I saw a woman show up in her life was under that script of what it means to be a woman in society. So it was a lot of the domestic role, which was great because I'm good at, you know, home taking and all that goodness, but I, there was so much more for me. And that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the role of mother, you know, mother and caretaker and all that beautiful stuff. But, uh, I noticed that in looking deeper at my own, not my script, but my own intuition and my own path and purpose that I had to outgrow any script that I had seen and also had that had been modeled for me to me for my whole life, which mm. was quite scary, actually. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I love the way that you called it an invitation and an initiation to change. I can't tell you how often I see uh, individuals stay in relationships uh, that no longer serve them because of the fear of change rather than surrendering to the change and looking at it as an invitation, uh, an initiation, because that's we know that sometimes that through our hardest moments and our most painful moments is where the biggest growth is. What do you think about that? I think you're spot on. Mm. <laughs> I think my whole life history and the timeline of my my existence so far would would definitely invite that to be called truth. Uh, I like these these rock bottom moments. I, I was thinking about this today, actually, on my walk. Is they they invite us to break down. Well, actually, they do that for us. Um, any faulty um, foundation like say any walls or any uh, mask or anything that isn't in alignment with our deeper sense of self 
breaks down in those moments. And, and they really are so juicy of times that, that it actually is a, you know, a catalyst to Mm -hmm. step into fullness, to heal, to grieve, um, previous timelines or scripts that are no longer working for you so that you can give yourself permission to step into something that does serve you. But you're, you're totally right. There's so many layers to why we're afraid to leave a relationship and step forward and, and really trust our capacity to show up, um, outside of that relationship. And of course, you know, you have attachment in there that's involved, which always gets, so fun when we're in relationships. <laughs> yes, I know. It's funny. We were just having this conversation the other day uh, about uh, uh, every relationship, it, there's a lesson to be learned. And a lot of the times, uh, and you've done NLP and you've done all, a lot of these unconscious work that we basically project what we need to learn or we even project our shadow um, or even project our uh, mother and father onto our partners until we learn that lesson. But once that lesson is learned, that is when it no longer serves us. And this is where we have to look at it and surrender to the change rather than try to keep staying in something that no longer serves you because the universe is going to give you lots of etheric slaps if you don't make that move. (laughs) There's no doubt. I call it the cosmic two by four. It just keeps getting louder. And then the cosmic dump truck, and it's like, I have no other option but to leave. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Yeah. So true. Uh, the other question I have is what were some of your fi- findings when you actually, because you said, what does it mean to be human? And you went on a bit of a journey and a discovery. What were some of the things that you found? Ooh, that's a really great question. Uh, for me, a big part of that discovery process was actually coming back home to my body. I had realized that for a lot of my life, I had been living in my head and in this kind of linear and logical approach to reality and to everything. Um, And for me, it was, oh, I have a body and this body has wisdom. And if I'm listening to this body, if I'm tapped into this body, if I'm getting intimate with all of my different emotions, I can actually utilize this information in a way that is is supportive and also um, is informative to me in a really beneficial way so that I can pivot and move in a way that is in full alignment, full integrity, mental, emotional, spiritual, and um, energetic well-being. So that was a big piece for sure. And then the next big piece was actually a a massive mindset shift and expansion of, of, of how I view reality. Um, and that actually came in like of a blip of a moment. I was in my childhood bedroom and it was 24 hours after I decided, or we decided to get divorced and I was spinning out like frantic, like the little girl in me, all the earlier versions, including that version of me, were, were, I was completely freaking out. Like, I'm not going to be able to survive. I'm going to die. And oftentimes, you know, divorce or a break in emotional attachment does feel like a death. And it, it, it kind of spun me into a really interesting place where there was so much psychic heat happening internally in my brain that I was like, Oh my gosh, like, is this ever going to end? Like almost like, you know, hitting my head, like calm down. But I, I couldn't, it just kept, you know, sucking me in deeper and deeper until one moment I heard like, you know, <laughs> dropped in out of the sky. It was like, you created all of this because you were afraid. 
And it was the first time in my life that I had separated from what I call my fabricated self or the the small self, if you will, um, and started to see from above the experience instead of only through the eyes of the of of this of of my experience. So in that process of separating from the story, from the script, I started to see how all of the previous patterns had lined up to get me to that there moment, which in a lot of ways gave me permission to take responsibility instead of staying stuck in blame and and shame. It was like, oh, wait, there's more here. And also in that expansion of perception, I started to realize the mystery that is this world because I was like, oh, it isn't just me. I'm not alone. What else is there out there? And that was actually probably the funnest part of the whole experience is that I started to tap into all of the earlier moments in my life where I'd been getting these like drops or pings of inspiration or truths. But I was like, ooh, that's a little too weird, you know, from my linear logical self. I was like, I'm not sure what that is. Um, but this process opened me up to the mysteries of what it means to be human. And that's kind of my favorite, my favorite subject to jam on it. it well, a lot of different subjects, but um, really trusting the divine path, your path, and also surrendering to something that you might not necessarily be able to see with your own two eyes, but um, know that there is some type of bigger mission, vision, and mystery playing, playing a role here for sure. Oh, I love that. And I love the word expansion. That's my new word for 2019. I actually, I actually have that on my computer right now. And I think it it's kind of links into what you were saying, your journey home to self, because we can be so external focused. And this year I've made it a, a, a priority to seek within because, and just, just saying those two words, seek within, seek within made me realize how much I am external focused. I am a people pleaser. I am. So really resonates with me because that, if anything, when you're external focused, there's a lot more contraction than if you seek within, there's more expansion. So I love that word. Mm, I love the way you just what you just explained that because there's so much truth in what you just shared yeah. of how much goes out. If we redirect that inwards, what potentially happens and starts aligning in the external world will literally blow our minds. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and it's funny what you project. Like I just even just had a, a bit of a aha moment not that long ago. One of our little dogs, I've got two hours was not well. And I'm because I, I love animals so much and, of course, I wish they could speak and tell us their pain because that would make mm-hmm. it so much easier for us instead of us guessing. But even that experience was, um, you know, projecting my fear, projecting my anxiety, projecting my panic made her worse. And just with that little sense of shifting my mindset and start focusing of seek within, I cannot tell you she has transformed within days. And I know I had a lot to do with that. Mm, that's so powerful. I wish everyone could hear that lesson. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it doesn't work just for animals. I think it happens in everything, relationships, careers, everything. Oh, there's no doubt the emotional energy that gets packed behind a lot of our projections. And it, it actually, I would say, you know, creates momentum in that direction. Absolutely. And we pick up on each other's vibes. I think even, especially an animal, you know, like I always, I've heard this saying, I don't know who said it, but that your animals start becoming, or the animals or your dogs or cats, whatever, start becoming like the owner because that that whole integration of the energy 
Have you ever heard of that before? I've I've never heard of that, but I really, that's something I I would like to explore in my previous animals. (laughs) (laughs) So Kylie, another question we love to ask our women of inspiration is, uh, what what do you think would be a reason, and I'm sure because you work with, you know, women in business, entrepreneurs, what do you think is a reason that um, people don't succeed in, in business and what would be that piece of advice that you would like to give those people that are maybe want to, you know, embark on a new career or a new business or even a new life? What would be that one thing that you've seen uh, working with all the people that you work with? Yeah. Beautiful question. Thank you for asking. Self-sabotage shows up a lot, especially when we're on this brink of expansion or outside of our familiar box or that script that we were talking about earlier is, is not, is actually getting in the way of the very things we desire. We're so good at creating obstacles for ourselves sometimes because there is deeper work that is necessary to expand our self-worth into the very thing that we're wanting to align with in our lives. So my recommendation, of course, if you're noticing, you, you know, you're stuck in this rut and you're, you're like, I really want this. I really want this, but nothing's happening. Or you're sabotaging that expansion or, you know, it's just not coming to you, whatever it is. Um, I would recommend doing, um, some deeper self work, self worth work around, um, you know, anything that's potentially a gap in your own worthiness, like Mm -hmm. previous moments. So this is like unconscious work and shadow work, I would say is really getting intimate with all of the parts of ourselves that are resistant to the forward movement and getting intimate with those parts to understand, okay, what's really going on here? What do I need in order to feel safe? How can I, you know, reparent those certain parts of myself to integrate them into my experience so that I can create more magnetism around the very things that I do want while also increasing our self-worth muscle so that we can actually hold that new expansion. So many times we, we, we want something. And of course, consciously, that's great. You know, we have the whole desires list and we're ready to rock it. And we forget that, you know, the other underlying piece that has to be in alignment there is not only the unconscious work and is the, uh, you know, the worthiness the level of worthiness you have to hold that expansion because our nervous system can only hold what we've reprogrammed or can only hold where we've already been. So for like, I'm going to choose me finally, but we've never actually chosen ourselves in this bigger way. Uh, we might potentially get in the way. So looking at and getting intimate with those parts of ourselves, as well as doing some self-worth work, potentially with a coach, therapist, whatever works. Um, it's a really great way to support yourself on the expansion. Mm, I love about getting intimate with uh, your self-worth. What about shadow? Talk us through that. How do you work with shadow? Yeah, so shadow is any element uh, within ourselves that we have uh, repressed um, and disconnected from and pushed down into our unconscious as a way to protect ourselves from further rejection. So we do that because at some point in our lives, that part of us 
was rejected or was ashamed or was embarrassed. And so we're like, Ooh, I'm going to separate from that part of me because I never want to feel those feelings or experience again. And, and this can actually, it doesn't have to be negative qualities to actually be positive qualities as well. We can push play into our shadow. We can push joy. We can push abundance, like so many different things we can push into our shadow because it's like, Ooh, that's not welcome here right? This wasn't welcome in early childhood or in my, in my family system. So I'm going to keep that at a really far distance so that I don't have to potentially feel those original feelings of rejection ever again. So that would be the shadow. It's like what we call the it, right? So the parts of ourselves that we don't want to acknowledge, um, and also the other parts that we're uncomfortable with, or that have been shut down and rejected from other people that we care about. Um, that's how I would define shadow. Mm, and I how I, sorry. No, I know. I love the fact that you actually bought into it's not always negative. It could be a positive. It could be as uh, you've seen your parents fight at a very young age. So therefore, you put love in shadow because love creates arguments. So it doesn't mm. always have to be um, negative. It's, it's as is, it is there to protect you. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't have to be negative at all. No. So Kylie, along your amazing adventure, what has been your greatest learn uh, lesson that you have learned thus far? Ooh, greatest lesson. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, there is nothing I can't handle. I think that's mm. that's a lesson that I've learned is like I'm capable of of rocking this human experience. Like I'm good. I love the fact that you keep saying rocking. It's such a cool word, rocking. <laughs> and the other thing that we love to ask our woman of inspiration is about pain points. We believe everybody's got pain points. What are your, some of your pain points and how do you get to the other side of that pain point? Hmm. What are some of my pain points? Yeah, it could be in business or in life. Like, for example, I can share, uh, and I think I've shared it quite a few times on the show, <clears throat> my pain points might be, <clears throat> one of my pain points is social media, for example. You know, I can't tell you how many times people tell me to get personal, and yet um, I delegate that because that's how I find my solution to my pain point. Mm, yeah, that's brilliant. I need to start delegating more too. <laughs> um Pain point in personal life, I would say uh, a lack of hmm, a lack of permission around being so introverted. And I say that because the pain point is that I usually overgive or over say or over yes everything in my life, which causes me to feel burnout. And so how I deal with that is I have a list of like what it is that I need in order to feel my best. But I also have to explain to other people around me that I might not be able to show up to all of these different events and all of these different gatherings and phone calls because of my energy, like something that I actually need to be at my best mm. is alone time. And just being able to acknowledge and honor that usually helps me to work through that pain point with other people. It's just so honest communication for sure. Mm. Um, in business, emails. 
<laughs> yeah. I swear my email inbox always shows up in my right shoulder. Do you notice how it, you sometimes, uh, you know, mental or emotional stress will show up in certain areas of your body based off of where previous injury, injuries were? Yeah. For me, it's my right shoulder. And it, it, it cracks me up because I'm like, if my to-do list is so long or my email list just starts building up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. I can just start feeling it in my right shoulder. So how I work through that is I give myself permission to chill out. <laughs> and, and trust that, you know, it doesn't need to be immediately. I think I have this narrative that, you know, since we live in this modern world where everything is like immediate response time, where you don't need to check your emails every day. And I think a big one, or not every day, I mean, like twice a day. And I did that recently. I did an, um, an experiment with myself where I was like, I'm going to put a vacation responder on and tell people, then I'm only checking my emails once a day at 1 p.m. So if it's an emergency or, you know, you're a client, here's the way to reach me. And I got to tell you, immediately after putting that responder on, my nervous system was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But just having that um, in my psyche of like, oh, they're already getting responded to. They know what my plan is. Already gave me permission to step back and relax. Mm, I love that. I'm sitting here going, that's really interesting. I've had a pain in my left shoulder and and it keeps creeping up, but it creeps up when I'm exactly like that. I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed with too much to do. Yes. Yeah, I've yep. never I've never connected the pain with that. So thank you for that. That was a big, oh, yeah. big insight. Oh, good. So Kylie, you were talking about being the oldest child and I love and you talked about archetypes as well um and I know that from an eldest child perspective I'm the oldest child as well we can fall into that uh mother archetype where we care for others and then not so much care for ourselves um so talk us through the um because you've, you've got here a, a topic on mother wound which I'd love re to really unpack Ooh, <laughs> how much time do we have? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, you, you, um, whatever yeah. you want. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I love this topic right now. And okay, so what is what is the mother wound? I think it's really important that this topic of the mother wound is, you know, just up front. This isn't a conversation about blaming mothers, blaming or shaming mothers. This is just understanding the the dynamic between mothers and daughters in the context of our society and culture. So I grew up in the United States and historically the gender roles were pretty black and white, right? So for instance, my grandfather, my mother's father told my, my own mother that, you know, uh, women are meant to stay at home, cook, clean and have babies and wouldn't pay for their college education. And, I just look up one generation and I'm like, oh my goodness, like that infuriates me. Of course it does. Um, but back then it wasn't even an option or it wasn't even something to explore because their own mothers didn't have the option either. They, you know, stayed home, cooked, clean, whatever. Um, and so the mother wound is this relationship, uh, to the feminine and to being a woman and the pain that results from being a woman having lived in a patriarchal society for thousands of years and how that pain and the coping mechanisms that, that are created due to that pain and repression, how they are then projected and or imprinted onto the daughters. So how this shows up is a feeling of less than unworthiness, um, 
constantly comparing ourselves to other women, um, not feeling safe around other women, and just an overall sense of, of unworthiness, right? Because the pain that as a result of generations of being, I guess, you know, in our society in, in an oppressive way has then now trickled down into the daughters because that's the only way for potentially the mothers to, uh, well, not to deal with the pain. That's not fair, but, um, it's just like a part of the system and the cycle. And so for daughters, this is where it becomes interesting is because as young children, there is an element of us taking on our own mother's pain or taking responsibility and saying that I'm the reason why my mom is, you know, upset, unfulfilled, hasn't lived out her dreams and is angry, right? Because as a young child, we don't, we don't actually have the mental capacity to say, oh, we live in a patriarchal society. And because of the oppression that has been the last thousand years, mom has felt blah, 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 right? And, and because of that, we make it mean that we are at fault. And so in, so we, we get, you know, imprinted with some more shame there. And then what happens is we start to grow up. And obviously in the society we live in today, there's a lot more freedom and opportunity for women than there was historically, which is wonderful. But what we see is whenever we're about to grow or expand beyond where mom has been, we might potentially sabotage that growth. Because we're worried that mom might be upset, we might cause or trigger rage, we might, um, she might experience envy, we might feel disconnected, or we, uh, the opposite of that, we might feel too guilty to expand beyond why should I go or experience something that my mom hasn't been able to. You know, she brought me into this world, right? We have all of these different narratives and stereotypes that actually keep that pattern in its place. So, the way coming home through that pattern is to one, at least recognize it, but then also to become the own, your own inner protective mother and nurturer, um, to your own inner child so that you can integrate those parts of yourself back into this here moment so that you can expand and heal and move forward in a way that is in alignment with what it is you truly desire. Wow. And, and that's, that's when you, talk about the mother wound that's deeply ingrained into that unconscious part of our mind which we're most of the time I would say 99% of the time we're not even aware of so how does one become aware of what that wound is to be able to be the mother to our inner child well if you're noticing uh you know a lot of feelings of unworthiness or you're noticing the pattern of sabotage if you're noticing your relationship to food so food is a big way this shows up, actually, interestingly enough, um, or you're you're going down a path and you're really excited about this path. But then as soon as you're about to shift or expand into the next level of what it means to say yes to that. So that could even be a relationship. And this is, you know, even a more subtle dynamic is like, say, mom has never been happy in her relationship and uh, or with, you know, your own dad, if that's the case. And you find this guy or you're like in this relationship and it's going in a direction that feels really good. What's interesting about potentially unconsciously sabotaging that very good relationship is you could almost unconsciously um, not want to disconnect 
from a certain thread of connection with mom based off of how you show up in your relationship. I know that's like a, it's just a, a different example, but there's so many ways in which this shows up in terms of even our, um, anger, our relationship to anger and rage. If we're noticing a lot of rage and anger and, uh, inability to expand beyond where we want to go, that's where you should really start to look at and explore the mother wound and how it's showing up in your experience. So we don't actually have to go to the actual root cause because, I mean, I'm relating to this. Sabotage, yes, I sabotage all the time. Like when I'm on the brink of success or at that pivot point in a relationship, boom, sabotage comes out. Guilt, <laughs> absolutely, 100%. I, I'm a um, <laughs> big one on guilt and food. So for me, um, yes, there is a fear of expansion, hence why my focus is about expansion this year. But what you're saying is not so – so be aware of your behaviors, how you're showing up, and then you don't really need to go to the root cause of finding out what your mother wound is. It's more than becoming the mother to your inner child and returning home. Is that right? Yes. The, the mother wound, the root of that is just the fact that you are a daughter of a mother. Like there is no root. It's just the, it's just the reality of the relationship that we've had as women for the last thousands of years. It's something all women have, and actually even, even sons do, and even men do. It just shows up and is expressed differently because this mother-daughter bond is a very serious bond that actually informs every single relationship in our whole lives, as well as the one we have to ourselves. Mm. So if we didn't get that love from mom or that unconditional acceptance or whatever the need was in early childhood, this is where essentially we got our self-esteem and our self-worth was this core relationship with mom. Yeah. And so if we're constantly trying to show up in, in our external, you know, again, like you said at the very beginning is this externally focused, like, Oh, well, once I finally become this, or once I finally have this job or expand, then I'll be good enough or potentially I'm, I'll, I'll be loved for who I am. And really that's, that's, you know, a strategy that doesn't work as we all know. Um, but the invitation is to actually, again, go within, expand and become intimate with the parts of ourselves that still feel less than that still need to grieve the fact that our mother couldn't show up as show up for us in a way that did feel good and nurturing and really allow ourselves a safe space to bring up any emotions that are around that core relationship so that we can come back home to all of the parts of ourselves, especially the ones that are trying to hijack and, and keep us like playing small and safe, of course. Mm. Um, so yes, you're right. It is, it is a remothering and reparenting process that needs to take place for sure. And also, um, you know, creating the permission slip to acknowledge the truth about your relationship with your mom, as well as giving yourself permission to feel all the feelings around that relationship as well. Mm, I, I, um, I'm relating to what you're saying. And at the same time, it does have an impact. So I'm looking at, you know, for those that have had parents that haven't been successful in relationships, could have an impact on your emotional intimacy, correct? Yes, without a yes. Did you want to yes. unpack that a little bit and maybe some of the frameworks? Yeah. So hmm, how this will show up in relationship? Well, your your attachment system is a do you have you talked to, about attachment systems on your podcast? No, I'd love to hear about it. Okay, um, so 
everybody, there's a book called Attached by um, Amir Levine. I highly recommend it. If you're in a relationship, if you're not in a relationship, everybody needs to read that book. It's like mandatory one-on-one reading for when you're in a relationship. So basically attachment theory is based around this core relationship we have with our mom as, as a child. So there's three different attachment styles. So we have the anxiously attached. And so basically what this means is whenever mom isn't present, like we're highly anxious. And even when she is present and does come back, we're still like latching on hundred percent, like very needy. Like I need you like hundred percent near me because I'm anxious without you. Like I don't feel secure unless you're here. And then we have secure attached. And so this is where you have healthy relating between mother and child. When mom leaves and comes back, the child is like acknowledging and not angry or sad. Like it knows it's safe. And then we have avoidant, <clears throat> the avoidant attached system. And the avoidant is interesting. It's, it's, it has the same baseline response from a nervous system perspective as the anxiously attached child. But what happens is the mom leaves and then the mom comes back, but the child acts like the mom isn't there, right? So you can almost relate this also to when we're extrapolating this framework from early childhood onto adult relationships is the avoidant is the one that needs space that kind of creates distance in the relationship. So it's the runner, if you will. And then the anxious attached um, child, how it relates in re- adult relationship is it actually is the pursuer. It's the one chasing. It's the one constantly like needing um, validation or affirmation or uh, constant conversation and um, gestures to know that they are safe in that relationship or an emotional attachment. Um, it's funny, but not funny that usually anxious and avoidance attract each other in adult relationships. And then they create this dynamic where it's a push pull dynamic until we understand that what we're actually doing is, you know, deeply unconscious in that process. Um, but the goal is, and something all of us have the opportunity to do is become securely attached. And it's called, if you're not securely attached, it's called earned secure. And the process of doing that is one you know, getting really emotionally intimate with yourself and like really understanding all of your emotions, understanding and unpacking your triggers, looking at all of the past patterns in relationship as well as within your family system and how that has showed up and what your responses are to those triggers and what you've made them mean about yourself. Um, and then also the next big, huge step in this process is once you're aware and intimate with your internal experience and your emotional terrain, then you can start looking at boundaries and really start to cultivate healthy boundaries in your life so that you can feel protected, so that you can feel safe, so that you do have access to not only protect and nurture your own inner child whenever it is triggered, but so that you can be in relationship without losing yourself and also without the fear of um, enmeshment in your adult relationships, because you can have a, a sturdy sense of who you are, what you stand for, what your emotional needs are in the communication frameworks that are necessary in order to communicate those boundaries with the people in your life. Because a boundary is high quality information that we use to teach other people how to treat us. If we don't know that information, people don't know how to treat us, nor do we even know what's like, what's actually acceptable and respectable for ourselves because we haven't done that inner work in order to find out what, what it is that we actually need. Mm. So is it fair to say that the secure attachment is probably the most uh, healthy one? Oh, yes. Yes. Securely attached is the, he- the healthiest for sure. 
Um, and it, you know, I think the research says that like 60 or 70% of humans are securely attached. And I'm just like, there's no way, <laughs> but if there is 60 to 70%, I'm like, that's amazing. Like that makes me so much happier, but yes, securely attached is what we're really going for. Um, and it is something that we can all strive towards and also earn by understanding our own internal dynamics as well as creating healthy boundaries in our lives. Because when you were talking about it, how it shows up as an adult, you were saying that securely attached is like to be intimate with self. But yet as a child, it, how it plays out was a li- it found, it felt like it was a little bit different. So as a child, maybe if we go back to how does that show up as a child when the mother leaves and then comes back? Yeah, the mother, the mother leaves and then comes back. The child is completely normal. His nervous system response is normal. He's like, oh, hey, mom, like, I love you. Like, we'll still love you, but it's not coming from a space of um, uh, fear. Yes. Does that make sense? Where it's like, oh, I'm secure. Yes. Like, my relationship, I trust the bond. Gotcha. Yep. Like, this wow. mom, my mom isn't leaving. Oh, I love that. Absolutely love that. And have you got ways on how to work through that? Because, I mean, I'm sure our listeners are listening. They're going, oh, I can probably um, connect with one of these. And then how do they, how do you help them move forward and out of that behavior? Well, first step is awareness, Mm. like really understanding what, how you relate and what your attachment system is. Like that's step number one. You have to know that information and to really understand that information so that you can work with that information. And then step two is, is a, yes, we do look at relationship patterns, but then we also look at, okay, what would have been the upgraded response in this moment? What was the deeper emotional need that I needed to be met in this moment? How can I ask for that need to be met in the future? Or how can I meet that need myself and really start to work through all of the fears and all of the wounds potentially in life that we've experienced up until this date, um, and create healthy boundaries and a connection to our own clean anger. I know that's a big one, especially for women. Sometimes we've really disconnected from anger, um, so that we can stand up for ourselves and protect ourselves in in a way that, that feels heart centered and also deeply true. Mm, Kylie, I love that. I'm writing down lots of notes here because I'm relating to a lot of what you're saying. Thank you so much. So Kylie, as we wrap up the show, we always love to ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you? Mm, Nurture. Of course. With all the things that you do. And I, uh, for our listeners, I highly recommend, we'll have it on the show notes, but check out her website. It's absolutely beautiful and she is stunning. And obviously she does have a twin sister, as you'll notice. Like that was my first question uh, that I asked Carly uh, this morning is that your twin sister, which it is. So the other thing that we love to ask our woman of inspiration as we wrap up, our last question is Kylie. We love for our uh, for you to leave our listeners three shiny golden nuggets. And what would be those three shiny golden nuggets or practical exercises that you would like to leave for our audience today? Mm, breathe. I think breath work um, and really cultivating a practice of being able to check in with yourself and hit the pause button whenever you're triggered. So I like the the breathing exercise of four, seven, eight. So that's inhale for four Hold your breath for seven seconds and then exhale for eight seconds and repeat that process 
around four to eight times just to really soothe your nervous system and remind yourself that you are safe. Um, the next nugget is, Ooh, today you're going <laughs> to give yourself permission to have fun to play and whatever that looks like for you today is, um, maybe turn on the, turn on a song and let yourself dance or do something that you haven't given yourself permission to do in a long time. And then the third nugget is trust your heart, trust the pings of your heart. That would be my last I love the pings. That's really, I love the words. It reminds me of um, tech talk, like, a, you know, like talking about computers. Is it pinging? Have we, I'll ping you, that kind of thing. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Your heart is pinging you. Listen. I love it. I know it. So Kylie, what's the best place for our listeners to find you? Well, I love to connect with my community on Instagram at being is beautiful, as well as on my personal website, KylieMcBeth.com. Those are the best places to connect with me as well as on my newsletter where I send weekly, uh, weekly offerings and kind of wisdom chats from the heart. Oh, I love it. So, Kylie, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and thank you for your time and energy. Oh, it was such a joy. Thank you so much. And, yeah, can't wait thank to you. hang out. Yeah, I'm sure everyone will reach out. Thanks heaps. That brings us to the end of another episode. I hope you enjoyed the show as it is my mission to reach out and inspire as many individuals like you. And one of the best ways to help us achieve this goal is by giving us a good review on iTunes. It's easy and it only takes about 10 seconds. And when you do, please be sure to let us know by sending us an email to collect your special gift where you have a choice from six guided meditations or an ebook to soothe your soul. Now, if you have any questions or special guests that you would like to hear from, please send us an email to support at katherineplano.com.au and we will get right back to you. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook at Catherine Plano. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next week, please take care of yourself.